It didn't take much more than a bottle and two chairs to make a speakeasy. This is what Daniel Okrent said in his book, Last Call, The Rise and Fall of Prohibition. Today, join us for some stories. Get your own bottle, glass, mug, and relax. This is Speak Easily, and I'm your host, Krista Stoffer. Second City trained improv actor. Would it be easier to sit there with the room? What do you think? Oh, yeah, you can sit wherever you're, yeah. exactly. if you're there. It, yeah. picks, up it picks up everything okay. kind of all around. If you feel like there's distance. Yeah, that, we're, all, we're all safe. We're yes. Although I learned, um, I learned not too long ago that it's, because I, I patted my arm and said, it's okay, I'm clean. Mm-hmm. I was at a gay bar, and he's like, this isn't where you say that. He's like, oh, oh, okay. It means something entirely different there. Okay. I mean, I'm also that, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> I, oh, I'm clean. It's, Don't worry about that. I'll yeah. correct in every context. Yeah, okay. It's going to be... Okay. I'm clean and clean. <laughs> I'm all clean. So fresh and so clean and clean. <laughs> oh, that song. Oh, oh I know. Yes. Yes. So I'm thinking about how long ago that came out. Because I'm like, didn't that just come out like last year? No. They're like, 20 years ago. I'm like, shut your ago? foul mouth. I don't oh, I don't think man. it's quite no, that long, but it it's is. close. Oh, yeah. it's time to research. <laughs> Was it called? So, I think it's, it's so, so fresh, fresh and so clean. So, clean, clean, so yeah. fresh and so clean, clean. Wow. Because wasn't Sorry Miss Jackson. Jackson? It was, I mean, I know that Hey Ya came out. The year after I graduated high school, because I graduated 2003, it came out 2004. Mm. And that threw me for a loop. Where I was like, but that was yesterday. Yeah. What is Uh, happening to time? So Fresh and So Clean was 2008. I should not sing it. Uh, (laughs) Or or should. should. I think he should. We had, uh, so my eldest is 13, going on 14 in August. And... We were sitting at the kitchen table. We have an Alexa, which is probably the most dangerous thing for our entire family to have, right? Because we just we talk far too often. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, and by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but we we put Micah in front of Alexa, and I was like, "All right, Alexa, Billboard hits of 1997." And that was for us. We graduated '98, but you know, the okay. year before kind of always has like yeah. that's what you think of with high school. Absolutely. Um, and so we went through this list. I think I still. I think I wrote it down. Uh, we might have been might have been drinking wine. Let me just throw that <laughs> out there. Yeah. So we started like for you. I will. Was that brandy? Oh I'm my God. Ocean for you. Yeah. Remember that one? Uh, Micah gave that one a five out of ten. Gabriel, my 10-year-old, gave it a two, and that was the one and only song he listened to. <laughs> Otherwise, this old Not stuff needs to go away. You know, yeah. He's like, I don't really get <laughs> shit. Um, you Good. Make Me Wanna by Usher. Oh my God. Micah gave a seven. <sighs> Bitch by Meredith Brooks. Yes, of course. Do you like that song? Uh, not anymore. I hate that song. When I... Well, <laughs> it came out when I was... So, 1997, I was... Middle school? Middle school for okay. me, so seventh grade, and like it was so trans, like transgressioning, uh, transgressionary. There we go. Okay. Where I was just like, I can <gasps> see that. and I went to Catholic school. Uh, 
I went to Catholic school for 14 years. Like, how dare you call uh, yourself that? Yeah. And I'm yeah. a not nice person. I'm a not nice person. <laughs> I mean, there, there's some, really I, I appreciate nice the revolutionariness of, like, I don't have to be kind to you. Yeah. 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 And that, like, I, I don't have to make you comfortable in order to exist. Right. And right. that was that was really what that anthem was. And yeah. it's, you know, third third wave feminism and I think that's interesting and I appreciate it. It's obnoxious now. Yeah. It's an obnox and it's yeah. meant to be obnoxious, but like yeah. not in where it's at now. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Where it tra- it's like transcended its transgressive yeah. means and it's yeah. now an institution mm-hmm. which is like the nature of success, right? Yeah. Like sometimes True. your success takes you from being this like I, I know that she wasn't punk rock, but that same yeah. like Viva la Revolution. Yeah. And then you be- do really well at it, and yeah. then you become an anthem, and then you become part of the institution, right? right. And yeah. it's like, yeah. oh, poor Meredith Brooks. Yeah. But that, that was it for her, wasn't it? She was just a bitch. I don't think she that was had her, much that was else it. beyond biggest. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe it was yeah. her voice. It was just really like, eh. Well, she was of the 90s. And yeah. yeah. There was no getting past that, yeah. past 2002, I would say. And that was, I mean, like with Alanis. Yeah. The Alanis. angsty female rocker. She angsty was able to do rocker, more, though, yeah. than... She yeah. was able to go a little bit longer. And Cheryl yeah. Crow, we talked about Cheryl, Cheryl Crow. Crow. Cheryl Crow. She was a different... She was a totally different, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I dig she was just bro. boring. No, yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> As you say, you love her. No, well, no, I, I'm not a huge fan. There's yeah. a couple songs. I think it was when she sang with, uh, what's his name? The Kid Rock. Oh, that did it in for me. I'm like, yeah, Mm-mm. there's no redeeming after Kid Rock. Nickelback, Kid Rock. Yeah, you just, uh-uh. you can't go back Meredith from that. Brooks. More people we won't have on our podcast because I'm bad mouthing. <laughs> you don't have to include growing. any of this. The list yeah. is growing. No, I've Heather talked, Graham's on the list. I've now. talked very badly about Heather Graham, and I don't think she'll ever come on here. Uh, what what about Heather Graham? She's obsessing. just not talented. <laughs> she's pretty. I'll she's give her pretty. that. I, I, I don't think there's, she's There's bad. a place for Heather Graham for yeah. me. Okay. Not in That's a, fair. like... She's art. She, like, there's there's no art there. No. But there isn't a, like, I appreciate that there is a space for Heather Graham in in entertainment, yeah. and that it's hers. Okay. And that no one else could do what she does. In that, like, if you need a Heather Graham, if you need a Heather Graham, there, is a Heather there she Graham. is. Yeah, there is a Heather Graham. And like, yeah. she's willing to play. She knows what she is, uh-huh. and she's willing to play with that. And I that's think that's true. why I that's like fair. her. No, I like this, Heather. I apologize. <laughs> um, maybe she'll come on. Now. <laughs> no, that, that ship is sailed. <laughs> that ship is sailed. So, so you can see our format of yeah. our podcast. Right. Here we are. Yeah. So we've already, like, legit started. Yeah, we've Oh, okay. (laughs) This is usually what we do to throw everybody off just a little bit. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Like, let's just just talk. Just do it. But that's kind of what we do. I always love it, and I'm glad you never said anything. Probably because you know Jesse. Jesse's like, yeah, this is weird. But um, a lot of people will come and be like, what do I I need to prepare? Um... You, Wear pants. Just, I mean, you know. If you can shower, that's great. <laughs> if not, it's cool too. Wear pants, but don't feel constrained. Yeah. But, you know. Do you. You do you. Gracious. 
delicious. Are you from Columbus? Yes. Where did you go? Uh, I grew up in Berwick, which is Bexley adjacent. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah went to. It is. It is. It, it was Columbus's best kept secret. That's no longer best kept. Like it would. Like if I. Like I wish that I had born like a, like a decade earlier, so that yeah. I could have gotten in at the 2008 crash and bought into that neighborhood because it, like everywhere else, has just. Yep. Yeah. It's like the yeah. Minerva Park of that area. I don't know if you know Minerva Park. That's up near where we live. Okay. It's sort it's of tucked familiar. away. It's between Cleveland and or Cleveland Avenue and 161. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where it might be questionable. Uh-uh. It's this little oasis. It's this and little, it, yeah, it used to, little area. They used to have um, an amusement park there. there. Okay. I mean, long, long ago. I don't know if you knew that or not. An amusement park? Yeah. Minerva Park used to be a little amusement park. Huh. And then it yeah. turned into this quaint little neighborhood. Like yeah. they had their own police huh. department. They had a golf club back there. They had a pool huh. back there. Yeah, but wow. you can't turn left for the life of you out there either. So that that to me so that, that's a thing. That yeah. honestly <laughs> would deter me from living somewhere. If I can't, I don't like turning left. I don't know if you knew this about me. Uh. <laughs> Spill that tea. I don't like to turn left. <laughs> Hot fucking take today. Krista doesn't like turning left. I've been yeah. on this for the morning, so I apologize for. Wow. You're bringing the goods today. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I don't like to turn left. Um, I can never drive. The vlogs are going to be a light. I will never this. be able to have a left turn on the podcast uh-huh. ever again. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's many U-turns on the podcast, or roundabouts, if you will. How do you feel about roundabouts? You've driven through Dublin lately. Yeah, you know, I don't hate them as much as everybody else hates them. I I just wish people knew how to use them. Yeah, I think it's... I just wish people could fucking drive them. Yeah, you know, for me, the roundabouts in Columbus are nothing compared to the roundabouts in Boston. Those were... Did you live in Boston? uh, Very briefly, yeah. Okay. I worked in politics in my early 20s. Did you really? Yeah, and oh I gosh. bounced around different cities oh, wow. uh, for just wow. short bursts. And yeah. Boston was a Boston. nightmare. Boston can't come on this podcast because I hated it. <laughs> so <laughs> we got Heather Graham back, but Boston. But we lost all we lost of Boston. Yeah. Everyone from Boston, we now apologize. You've gone the way of Heather now, Graham. Is the band part of that? The band they, Boston? Uh, I don't think so because they did the. Didn't they do the Credit Kid 2 soundtrack? Was that Boston? Yes. Okay, yes. then no. I loved them because yeah. I loved Credit Kid 2. Yeah. That is was that still Ralph Macchio? I can't remember. Yes, yes. Too. Ralph Macchio. It's where they go to Japan. to Japan. Was Miyagi still there? Yes, of yeah. course. Maybe there is no like, Karate yeah. Kid 2 without Miyagi. Is yeah. he still alive? No, he died a while ago. Yeah. Ralph Macchio looks fantastic. Yes, yes. Yeah. he's aged well. He's and apparently aged. he's like a really nice guy, which is like, thank God, my first crush is a genuinely good person. Is he person. your first? Was. I would come home from kindergarten every single day for, I don't even know how long, but every single day. And I didn't have the, the official videotape. I had the taped from TV. Mm. From TV. Mm. And I would watch it every day. Yeah, wow. I still know pretty much all the words okay. and all the okay. maybe not all the actions but wow. I would like recreate the um, the tea ceremony with my dolls like I <laughs> wow. love Karate Kid too oh my yeah. god wow. <laughs> that's so brilliant 
weird. That's really cool. <laughs> now, mine was The Goonies, which I probably shouldn't have watched. Oh, no, The Goonies is the greatest. The Goonies, It yeah. is, but watching it now with my kids, the You're first like, time was like, Ugh, oh, forgot yeah. about that word. Oh, okay, it's different coming out of a kid mouth on a movie. Yes. We're like, don't say that. Okay. Just <laughs> I, I'm a lot less, I don't know, I... I the words don't bother me that much. It's the it's the movie? scary stuff. Your what was my first movie crush? My first movie crush. Her celebrity crush. Oh man. <laughs> um, Heather Graham. <laughs> <laughs> we wow, that'd now be a late one. Never meet her. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I you would have been like not interested. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Corey Feldman was mine. Corey Feldman. Because of Goonies. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course. The Goonies and then the Burbs. And yeah. probably a severe heroin addiction by the time I liked him. Um, but I had the posters, the Tiger wow. Beat and Teen Beat posters on my wall. Nice. Yeah, he was the only one I really... He and then Devin Sawa, who was... Did you watch uh, Casper with Christina Ricci? Yeah, of yeah. course. He was the ghost Casper. Oh, yeah, the really cute one that she kisses. He was really cute. Mm. I was I, I was bound loved him too. Yeah, yeah. I was going to marry him. I had it in my head. Christina Ricci was probably on that list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she should be. Yeah. I would be upset with you if yeah. she wasn't. She was on that list. She's pretty stellar. She yes. is. I do like her. I mean, yeah. I, I, and I would say, yeah. 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 I think she's on So that she list. can come on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Along with Win- Win- Winona, Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. Yeah. yeah. She's the two of them are a pair in my head. Yeah. They always I will can be. See yeah. That. yeah. Well, Mermaids, was that the one? Mermaids with Cher? They were in that together. Winona yeah. Ryder was the older sister. And she I was thinking Splash so with Daryl Hannah. I was too. <laughs> and I was like, were they in that? No, no you're right. No, no, no. Um, Mermaids. Got it. I haven't watched that in a long time. Was that Danny DeVito? No. Oh, God. Which one now? Mermaids. Mermaids. Cher. Winona Ryder. It's definitely Cher. Christina Ricci. I, I'm going to Danny DeVito, but maybe that's the wrong... Maybe it's uh, Bob that was in Roger Rabbit. Ah, this is what I do, because I geek out, and I have to look it up. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I also sing songs. Half of this podcast is us looking things up that we can't remember right now. Bob Hoskins, yeah. yeah Bob Hoskins. The dude from... Super Mario Brothers, yeah. Oh, my God. Baby Christina Ricci. I'm gonna have to revisit. You need to watch it. It's a yeah. My a sad movie. My bestie and I will. Yeah, yeah. Well, we huh. had best friends day, yeah. and Aww. we watch ridiculous movies, and that's gonna have to go on the list. It was, it was a good. I mean, share. 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 Absolutely. I one of my I, I had years ago. I worked at uh, Cord Camera before Cord Camera closed down. And that was the one on Morse Road, and there was one night I was there, uh, I was closing down the store, and uh, right before closing, a bus pulls up out front, and it's it like a charter bus, and opens up, and probably two dozen guys in drag all get out, and yes. they all come in, and they're all going yeah. to the Share concert, which is downtown that night. Oh my They gosh. bought... Like every single disposable camera that I yes. had in stock, and like at the end, I mean, it was you are talking about sale. my heaven. Yeah, <laughs> it was the biggest sale I. Had. It was like it was this cl- crummy store, and nobody ever bought anything, but they just 
Why didn't I know this about you? We're learning a lot about mm. each other today. <laughs> yeah. so. Your shared drag awesome. queens and my left yeah. shirts. Yeah, the shared drag queens, man. Wow. They were great. Were they all dressed as <clears throat> share then? Or no, just no, no. Various there were a few that were in share, I would say cosplay is probably the appropriate okay. term, but most of them were kind of their own thing. And this was... Early two thousands, so that was relatively yeah. Yeah. uncommon to That's see out in the absolutely, wild. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But for a chair concert, I mean, there's no bar. Yeah. You know? no yeah. I saw a video of Cher and Tina Turner. I can't remember what they sang, but it was just like between the two of them. That's like five hundred oh years gosh. of age, but yeah, it, but, they but, but, but ni- neither of them look. No, Tina Turner than, has the yeah. most beautiful legs oh, I've ever oh, seen. She's unbelievable in my life. So I mean, right. watching you know stick thin share, who's still beautiful and yeah, right? yeah, stunning. Yeah, and then I mean, it's like, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm in love. Yeah. So Cher and Tina can also come on. Our yeah. list is growing. I'm trying to make it sound like we're not Cher and Tina Turner. <laughs> well, we'll get them. We'll ask. <laughs> there was a I taught at a. Uh, Inner City Elementary. Elementary. Inner City Elementary. And there was. Bronson Pinchot. We need Bronson Pinchot. Can you hmm. get him? They'll be ridiculous. <laughs> Perfect Strangers. Do you remember that show? Yes. Balky. And Balky uh, but That was. You're younger than us, so that yeah. was probably ending when you were getting into. That was one of those like late 80s, kind yeah. of early 90s. Because you probably yeah. grew up on TGIF. Right? I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Oh so you said Perfect Strangers, and I got it mixed up with Strangers with Candy. Strangers with Candy. So, which <gasps> I yes, yeah, and and I I almost probably shouldn't say this because the hate mail that's going to happen, but it's not my favorite. But mm. it's my fiance's favorite. He, not stop watching it, and he just. I have a feeling I would appreciate it a lot more now than I than when it came out. Yeah. Like when it came out, it was very. I think it had that adult part of it that felt like I didn't quite understand a lot of the jokes. Yeah. What's yet. going on here? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. it's 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 a little cynical. Yeah. Is she meant to be in high school? Yeah. Or she's an older woman in she's high a, school? She's an older woman okay. in high school. And yeah, she's Jerry, gone right? back. Jerry yeah. yeah, yeah. And it, it's based, it's it's dark satire on the after school special. Yeah. Which I should appreciate, and yeah. on paper I do. Yeah. But it's just it, it's it's a lot for me. Yeah. It is a lot. I and can, I, yeah. uh, she's Aaron amazing. Loves it. Yeah. Loves it. Yeah. I love her as a voice actor. Yeah. Like her on BoJack Horseman is yeah. outstanding. BoJack Horseman is another one. Yeah. You would probably like BoJack Horseman actually. He says this about basically everything he likes. You would <laughs> like this. Yeah. But BoJack Horseman takes place. In Los Angeles, it is a show about, like, the acting community, that kind of thing, but it is animated, and the main character is played by, um, Job, yeah, uh, yeah, Job from Arrested Development. Yeah, Yeah. Will Arnett. Uh, and he is basically an anthropomorphized horse person. And, but they don't. So if it's Will Arnett, then I'll. But it is. They don't address that as like a weird thing in any way. It's just a normal. It's like Muppets. You know, like it's just like they're just there. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a great show. This one, uh, we rabbit hold this one. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say eventually we'll talk about tarot, oh my gosh. but like <laughs> twenty minutes. I really in. hope yeah. that this, some of this gets edited because no. I feel bad for anyone who no. has to like listen to us just pratter on. We about. never edit anything. <laughs> out, this is the podcast. Yeah, this is the show. Uh, we've you've edited what three episodes? The only time I ever edit anything is out. if someone says, "Oh, I said something I shouldn't have said. Yeah. Could you take that out?" That's oh, the only okay. time I go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And most of the time that doesn't happen. So. <laughs> mm. Oh my gosh, and people people enjoy this. Most awesome. of the time I can talk Dig them it. out of it. <laughs> most of the time I'm like, oh well, we could go back, but I mean, like, I think you're fine. I, I think, think you're, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like moving on. Yeah, you called that guy a flaming douchebag. But I mean... <laughs> Do you just kind of what pound at your keyboard? Yeah. Like, oh, got it, it it's fine. Scritchy, scratchy. Yeah. If you really want, if they really want me to change it, I'll do it. But, I mean, waste of time. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, so wait, you grew up in Berwick. Ber- grew up in Berwick. Where did you graduate from? Was Bishop that Hartley. Bishop Hartley. Mm-hmm. And then did you go to school right here? Ohio State. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, my degree is in political science. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I was I was gonna save the world. Yeah. yeah, and then I worked in politics, and it was like, oh, oh. no, this is profound. What did you broken. do? <laughs> I mean, the world is fucked, you guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Ooh, this is unfixable. This is not. This is not well, and it, and it was like less the world as much as the political institutions, where it's like, yeah. oh, that is a heaping dose of disillusionment oh. I wasn't yeah. ready for. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I just I worked for non nonprofits, okay. which is another heaping dose mm-hmm. of disillusion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, uh, like, so I worked for a political nonprofit, and they're all like champion progressive mm-hmm. uh, platforms, while not extending them to their own employees, right? Like they're all about, um, like, uh, you know, proper work weeks and and like benefits and that kind of thing but we were required to work a minimum of six days a week for the least amount of Uh money possible but there's but there's only seven in a week yeah (laughs) yeah that's ridiculous right and then it was it it was and they definitely just like took advantage of youthful Mm -hmm. optimism and and it was so abundantly clear and yeah. like and I would see that again and again and again where like where the the they, they don't exist anymore um, the nonprofit that I worked for like people were talking about unionizing within the nonprofit and they did wow. everything they could to squash oh my gosh. while wow. being partnered with the major <laughs> unions oh, wow. <laughs> like so they did great work for the people they were serving but meanwhile the people yes. on the inside were just basically exactly, garbage exactly cool. exactly cool, cool. people that they are serving they did phenomenal work yeah but yeah, yeah it was it was a thing and it was it's very interesting. Anyway, wow. so I went from that to um, working with at-risk youths, mm-hmm. and it was a wilderness therapy program in Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, how cool! And that was really interesting. I love Asheville. Yes, I do oh. too. I do too. What uh, a beautiful city. It was quite so like, and that came about. So I was like miserable in this political job, yeah. and I was like, what is the opposite of this? I was like, I want to work outside. Oh, so nice. I like Googled environmental jobs. I'm like 22 at this point. Yeah. And found um, an advertisement for a program called Seuss of the Carolinas. and saw that it was for at-risk teenagers. And I was like, hmm, I quit college, so I don't have a degree. I have no ex- experience with children. I barely like them. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> right? I was like, uh, I, I've never gone backpacking before. I've done like, ca- like KOA camping at yeah. most, right? Yeah. 
never been backpacking, don't really know anything about therapy. Um, I should see if they'll hire me. <laughs> and I called them up and said all of those things. They're like, yeah. yeah, come on down for the uh, our intake process, which is what they call their hiring process. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, maybe you'll be a good fit. So I quit my job, moved to North Carolina, which is like, maybe I'll get this job oh I shouldn't gosh. get. And I got it. Wow. <laughs> but I bet you learned pretty quickly. Though. I learned very quickly yeah. because there's a lot of training a lot of training and most people had the same situation like most of the people that were hired again because it was super low wage it's definitely built upon exploitation of uh, youthful mm -hmm. optimism um, yeah. but or I should say and it was an incredible experience that completely yeah. changed everything about me mm -hmm. in fact and this will segue into tarot that's where I first kind of got my taste in like hippy dippy spiritualism yeah but like th but it was also tied into therapy mm -hmm. and so like I got my first taste of like uh, oracle cards mm -hmm. and um, the use of them within a therapeutic space was really interesting um, and then I like learned behavior patterns and all of these therapeutic strategies that we would use with the kids when they would have moment of crises um, and that like like I you could like just put a pen in that when that or like put your thumb on that I should say in that it was like this is the moment where I completely transformed Wow yeah and you got to see the innards yeah. of the kids though oh yeah very Taking much them out of a whatever environment they were in. It was, I mean, so it was one of those things, it was, wilderness therapy is one of those things where it is for the very rich because only the very rich mm -hmm. can afford it. Yeah. And I would say that it's too bad because I think everyone should go mm -hmm. through this program because nothing, we don't have typical rites of passage in modern life anymore. Mm -mm. And like at most you have drinking at 21, car at 16, and voting if you choose to engage in that, you know? Right. And that is not, there's not a lot of I earned this, it's I aged into this. Mm -hmm. While mm -hmm. when you go out into wilderness therapy, you have these kids that are coming from really rich families who are stripped of everything they thought was their identity their clothes, their gadgets, mm -hmm. anything that made them someone yeah. according to their own mm -hmm. thought processes that's taken away and all that is left is the core of them. And then they have to reconcile with that. And there, it is fascinating to watch. And then you put them into this very difficult situation mm -hmm. where they're carrying everything they own on their backs. It's very heavy. Those packs get up to like 60, 70 pounds. And sometimes you have these like 95 pound mm. girls, but they do it mm -hmm. Mm. and they feel amazing. Yeah. And you watch from month one to month three, cause it's a long period of time. Oh, wow. And like the transformation of like screaming, angry, you know, spiteful kid, mm -hmm. which is normally what you get yeah. to like this badass kid who's fully in their power who knows what they're about knows mm -hmm. what they're capable of it is astonishing three like, months in the program three months oh my gosh yeah they so say 28 days but it was never no. 28 days it was three are months. they uh, at risk in the sense of drug abuse or um behavioral abuse just everything all of it yeah, yeah. Okay. there were kids that were sent there that should not have been sent there 
technically. Whereas, like, they got caught smoking pot once by their parents, and their parents freaked out, sent them there. And they were, like, I had one kiddo who was, like, Mm all-star, straight A's, like, 4.0, being courted by all the colleges, got caught smoking pot and was sent there. And she had an incredible experience. Okay. I mean, it was bullshit, and it was mm-hmm. an incredible experience for she her. She probably still has it with her today. Yeah. 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 So it, it's definitely, it's, it's, it was, like I said, it's, you know, I think anyone who engaged in that program um, has, would get, receive so many benefits, yeah. and that everyone should have yeah. an experience like that. Right. Because you're like, oh, what can't, yeah. what can't I do? That's interesting. Yeah. I, I did something not behavioral, but I worked with the Appalachian Service Project, which was Kentucky, uh, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia. Yeah. And we went with our church, and we'd volunteer for a week. And I decided in college to do it for the summers. Then yeah. I did it for a year after graduation. Yeah, my uh, my parents' church did that. What, okay. Was it Chris King? Mm-mm. No. Okay. No, so I was about to say that'd Stony be Brooking crazy it. if yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was a huge. <laughs> I think they were like. I mean, 20-some thousand volunteers each summer. Yeah. So all over the place. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, I graduated with my theater degree and moved to Kentucky to do low-income home repair. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it didn't last long, but the program itself wasn't really the turnaround for me. It was mm-hmm. the realization while I was there of... I will never forget the day. I can actually see the house. I can see the shirt. I can see the kid. And some kid was working on one of the homes, and he had a T-shirt on that said Project Columbus. And I was like, oh, that's cool. What's all that about? He's like, oh, our church went to Columbus, Ohio, to some of the neighborhoods there to uh, help some of the homeless people. And it was like, yeah, why am I here? Right, right. And it was the first... For me, at dumb, but the first real, I grew up in Gehanna, right. you know, we didn't yeah. go downtown for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't really realize there was a problem in Columbus, mm-hmm. but that was the issue. It was like, oh shoot, yeah, what am I doing down here when there's stuff in my backyard? <clears throat> well, it's also kind of the question is like, so you're going to, where were you? Where did you go? Um, I spent one summer in Kentucky, the other in Virginia, and then I spent the year in Chavez, Kentucky. So which you're is, uh, going to Kentucky and different places, and they're sending people to Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like... Part of it is to get out of your home yeah. and experience somewhere new. Yeah. But it, for me, it was it was a slap in the face. Yeah, yeah. It was like, you shouldn't be here. And I think that that was, that was the most important part, was I didn't want to be in Columbus. Yeah. But it got me here, and I haven't left since. Yeah. Yeah. And I see now how... I don't, it just opened my eyes yeah, to, absolutely. to our city. and Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It causes, like, I, I love those moments, those, like, where suddenly things shift into focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, I used to tell my kids all the time, like, the difference between um, a life that you can't stand and like, a life that you adore is, mm-hmm. like, it's minuscule, mm-hmm. the shift. Yep. You just have to say yes to it. Mm-hmm. And then we're on a podcast so people can't see my hand, but it's just like <laughs> this, like, We do slight. so much of the <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's the yeah. going from 9 to 10 on the Yeah, dial. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. So, <laughs> so the whole reason you're here. The whole reason. <laughs> so Jesse Hubbard, who's, who's <laughs> <laughs> This is totally wrong. This is... 
we have chatted a little longer than we normally do. But a bit. <laughs> a little bit. I love it. That also tells me that we're totally comfortable talking, yeah. too. So Jesse Hubbard, who's a good friend of ours, yeah. for, oh gosh, he was on the beginning? Yeah. He's been on at least twice. If not three times. Yeah. Yeah. In Who's just an passions. amazing human He's great. Yes. in general. Yeah. Um, yes, he is. How do you how do you know Jesse? Um, he worked at the Weston with oh, yeah. my fiance. Who's your fiance? Uh, Aaron Andrews. Did I meet you? I think you did. Probably. He he re- he remembers you. Great. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you came into the Weston at one point with someone. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember the story, but he just like when I was like, oh, I'm going to do this podcast. He's like, oh yeah, Krista. Okay, like, I know her. No, that's it. Wasn't fine. it? Wasn't that's a bad great. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> See, Jesse sometimes has a uh, strong pour, so I worry sometimes. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, about you, Jesse's part. Crap. <laughs> um, I used to work at the Weston before okay. Jesse worked there. That's okay. how I met Aaron. And like, oh, yeah. Cool. So anyway, so uh, Aaron and Jesse worked together, became yeah. pretty good friends, mm-hmm. and then I got to meet Jesse, and I really love his wife, and um, yes, very much so. Uh, and then when he started St. Russell Productions, mm-hmm. um, he did a yoga event with Aaron, and Aaron taught yoga. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and I was like, oh, that's so cool, so exciting. And then one day I was just like, wait a minute. I bet you he would team up with me and do a tarot event. And since Jesse has a little bit more connections than I do and is great with um, dealing with venue and like I used to, I was a bartender for mm-hmm. well over ten years um, after the after the wilderness therapy thing. Then I <laughs> landed in the wilderness. Yeah. Then I landed in the the food service hole for yeah. a while, as mm-hmm. one does. Um, so I was a bartender for quite a while. And then, um, but like Jesse, I knew would be able to handle all that. Yeah. And then I can just teach tarot mm-hmm. and not have to worry about making the, creating a drink menu and all that stuff. Yeah. So I asked him and he was really enthusiastic and yeah. here we are. He's a people mover. I always yes, remember my husband calls my sister-in-law that a people mover. And that's, okay. that's the way that I see him. It's like, he will take something and then just be like, okay. Yeah. Let's do this. Exactly. It's it's an incredible strength of his. And so, yeah, yeah. And so he was like, you should go on this podcast. I was like, I love talking, obviously, 33 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> We're not the <laughs> This is why I have a podcast. <laughs> People say, you can talk to a brick wall. I'm like, we haven't had a brick wall on yet. <laughs> <laughs> we should totally get one. They're not canceled yet. <laughs> Can we put that on YouTube? <laughs> so. Uh huh. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. I am completely oblivious to tarot. Cool. I have no idea about any of it. I've never had a reading done. I don't even know. I brought cars and then forgot to bring them in. And Can we hit pause? Sure. Yes. Yeah. We may edit, actually. Okay. Oh, my God. Uh, no, we're going to pause. If you're listening to this, this is a pause, this right? Okay, now we're unpaused. Unpaused. We are, <laughs> we are yeah. back. So, okay. So, so terrible. When Jesse mentioned you coming out, I was like, oh, that's cool. And then the second thought was like, oh, my gosh, I'm scared. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? <laughs> like, what's, what's, what am I going to hear? And I guess I, I just... It always makes me laugh. I put it in the association stupidly of, like, fortune telling, mm-hmm. future reading yep. type thing. And then actually a girl that I work with, I have a part time at the museum. Okay. Museum of Art. Come to the museum. Seriously. Oh, yeah. Um, come tomorrow night. 
What's going on tomorrow night? I'll tell you about after the podcast. <laughs> 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 yeah, let's not go down that okay. hole. <laughs> okay, so tomorrow. Okay, so then Sunday. No, but um, she was. I was actually telling her that you were coming out. She said, "Oh, I do. I do tarot sometimes." She said, "I'm just learning." And she kind of explained a little bit to me. She said, cool. "Really, it's more just learning what they are, and not that it's a predictor or a no. pusher. It's a, it's sort of a let. Let me open your mind a little bit to a possibility." Yeah. Oh, and I'm yes. Was that, that is, a good way to describe it? That is, a, that is an excellent way. Okay. Um, the way I like to talk about tarot because everyone has that. I like. I started out thinking gypsies, fortune tellers, and of course, uh, we should say Romani now. Okay. Um, but like the Romani and fortune tellers and like, you know, you have all the religious fear Mm -hmm. around it. Like I can't tell you how many times I would see comments on, in the tarot group that I used to be a part of about like the devil. Right. Mm -hmm. And and it's, it's, I mean, I try not to be dismissive of people, but I'm going to be totally dismissive of it. It's just. It's bullshit. It's yeah. bullshit. Well, you went to Catholic school too, so <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that it would have been seen as. Um, was you know, that, I don't know if that was the case in Catholic school, but you know, and Catholic school is way more banal than that. Okay. <laughs> <But> <laughs> <laughs> that would have been interesting, at least. Uh, you're thinking more Christian school. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do. I mean, as a kid, and I, 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 I'm a Christian. I grew up in a Christian household, and like I know we didn't own a Ouija board, but right. I played a Ouija board time or two, didn't believe it, you know, because you could see the other person like, you know, but, but it made you Then question. you were with the wrong person. I know. Well, because I those things people, get weird. It's a little scary though. That it, kind of thing is be. a little. And here, here's, all of these things. That you like Ouija, tarot, um, any kind of divination, mm-hmm. scrying. What is Every, scry- scrying? Scrying is another type. Like scrying is where you look into um, black glass and you stare at it for long enough that you go into a trance state and you start to Ooh, see scary. things. Okay. It's only scary if you come at it that way, right? Uh, All of these yeah. things are only as, as scary as your belief system. Okay. And That's so, fair. what I like about all of these different avenues is that it is as individual as the person hmm. engaging in it. Mm-hmm. And that like I, when I first came and talked about improv about the yes and mm-hmm. I am really big on that. Cause I always talk to my friends about the yes andness of life Yeah, mm-hmm. because what you're being shown when you do tarot or scry or anything else are the layers of yourself that you are not giving your full attention to. Hmm. And so you're accessing your subconscious and you're doing it in a non-binary way mm-hmm. where you're not putting finite expectations mm-hmm. on what what you're seeing, what you're about. And you start to explore these parts of yourself that um, oftentimes will make you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm will um, challenge the the mask that you tend to present. Oh, great. Yeah. And yeah. you're then... And then you start to become aware of, like, what what are you capable of? Hmm. What's possible for you? So it, it's not... I mean, in a way, it kind of sounds like, like therapy. Yes, like it's absolutely Like, strip off a layer that. 
And you can do with it as you want to. You mm-hmm. can sit in the muck, yep. or you can choose to make a mental change, a shift, and see. And you should absolutely sit in the muck. Become familiar with the muck, because a lot of times, um, and... Kind of yeah. staring in the face, really. Like, you have to acknowledge what it is to yes. know what it is. I find, and that's when I go into um, the non-binary aspects of things, where it's like, we hold all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. We hold the ugly, Mm -hmm. we hold the scary, and the shitty, and the confrontational, and the rage, and we hold kindness, Mm -hmm. and we hold compassion, and joy, and beauty, and it all informs itself. Mm -hmm. And it all exists within these different spectrums within us. Mm-hmm. And we need all of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's reconciling these parts that we have been conditioned into fearing yeah. and feeling shamed of mm. and assuming are scary. Yeah. But all those things are just... They're already there. Though. They're there. And when... We engage in tarot or Ouija or scrying or anything else. You're just being ref- you're being shown a reflection hmm. of these parts of you that um, you tend to try and push down hmm. and ignore. Yeah. And those parts that you push down, and ignore, will then start to cause chaos in your life. And uh, all in spiritualism, all roads lead to Carl Jung. He calls it the shadow. Shadow are the parts of yourself that you tend to be ashamed of and they don't have to be quote unquote negative because technically there are no negatives mm-hmm. that's another rabbit hole but like they're the parts that you are conditioned into believing need to go away mm-hmm. but they never do mm-hmm. and all they do is just create these patterns of behavior that you just engage in and engage in and engage in until you learn the lesson right. and accept it so yeah and like you said it's like a therapy session it like especially with me mm. It's absolutely a therapy session, though I am, let me say this, I do not have a degree in therapy. I am not a licensed counselor. Okay, we'll put that out there. I'm not any of those things. It is like a counseling session. But it, I mean, is it challenging, though, like when you do a reading for someone, if it starts to bring stuff up? It's a challenging, it's challenging for them, not for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, that's not your job to do anything about it, but... It's interesting because in, um, and I tell my actors this, I've spoken about it on the podcast before, is that I don't want my students to ever work into their own, which we bring ourselves to our characters, but if it's tapping into something that is not going to be safe or comfortable for you, I don't want them to do it because I can't deal with that. Right, yeah. If it comes to the surface, a lot of times directors will say, use it, Uh uh-uh, that's not safe for me. I don't want to watch my kids go through something that's... Because it's like, oh, I had this huge emotion that's huge grief, huge shame. Mm-hmm. I can use it for my character, but then what do you do with it? The you it's do with still it. here. And then you have to process it. Yeah, yeah, so, and that's always such an interesting, because there's a line there. Mm-hmm. Where, like, I, I told, because there's no real wrong answer with that. Because if it's coming up, it needs to be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. And... If there is a, like, if you can hold this space and let them feel exactly what they need to feel in the moment, how they're feeling it, Mm -hmm. without putting any of yourself onto it, just allow it to be exactly what it needs to be. No judgment, no anything. Mm -hmm. You're just there to hold the container and let them know that whatever is happening is, it's acceptable. It's Mm -hmm. fine. It's exactly what it needs to be. 
then that means that they get to um, release those emotions out of their body. Hmm. And that is a major step to releasing it out of your behavior system. Mm. Wow. And so when I have clients that are, and it, it's never ever, I've never had an experience that I was like, whoa, this is big. Mm-hmm. This is like almost too big. Mm-hmm. It's always been like, I know how to set the container within the experience that like people know what they, that when they come to me, I'm going to give them honesty, mm-hmm. compassion, and I'm not going to water anything down for them. Mm-hmm. I'm also not going to push them past the point that yeah. is, you know, that they can't handle. However, like, it's good to get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to feel uncomfortable in order to experience the growth mm-hmm. that comes from the acknowledgement of the big thing yeah. that we've been harboring and holding mm. and not allowing out, you know. So um, I find that uh, with, like, my thing is tarot because I love pretty pictures. Mm -hmm. I like that with imagery, you can get a thousand meanings off of one piece of symbolism. Mm. Um, Again, breaks binary thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way I, like a daily practice, it's it's like a meditative practice of like, what, like I'll do a couple of cards, um, like, so every every tarot has their own style and mm-hmm. every every single style is correct like mm-hmm. i am very anti-gatekeeping very 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 anti-gatekeeping where you have like like all these old myths of like oh you must be given your deck in order wow. to read tarot and and you must tap the deck three times before you're like <laughs> then you must click your ears exactly <laughs> and you know what and if that's what does it for you fuck yeah, yeah do that yeah. please yeah. do but like that's your thing mm-hmm. and then another person's gonna have another thing and that's the beauty of it you bring yourself into your practice so for yeah. me the way i like to do um like a daily card pull you know i'll shuffle until and you I, can do this for yourself yeah yeah okay. everybody like if 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 cards call to you if tarot cards call to you get yourself the prettiest most awesome deck you can find mm-hmm. that you can afford because some of them get pricey yeah. um and then just start playing with it mm-hmm. and so like my class which is uh, i am here to promote 45 <laughs> minutes in um that's why i'm here um my class is basically what I want it to be is not like, I mean, it is going to be here the basics of how to read tarot, yeah. but it's mostly me giving people permission to find out their own personal style mm-hmm. and to learn how to trust the messages that come into your head because we have been conditioned to distrust ourselves mm-hmm. and only trust in experts. Right. And that's where the gatekeeping comes in, where you have these experts, quote unquote, Again, you can't see my hands. Yeah. It's okay. Bunny rabbits. Um, <laughs> We've done a lot worse. <laughs> yeah. You have a lot of these experts who are like, you know, uh, trying to say that there, this is the way in which mm-hmm. you can read tarot. Mm-hmm. These are the rules. This is, you know, you have to read for this amount of time before you can call yourself professional and all that nonsense. So we are not engaging in any of that. Um, 
went off on a tangent there. No, I, bl- I love it. I but you said you wake <laughs> up in the morning and you'll do a reading. So yeah, so I'll just you, pull could you take us through one? Of yeah, absolutely. So like, uh, I normally just shuffle uh, with whoops, oh, a question oh. in my head. Always badly, just like that. <laughs> I hope I'm not <laughs> tainting anything. No, see, okay. and that's another thing. It's, people, it's, people think like, and some people really believe that. And again perfectly acceptable that if other people touch your cards they're putting their energy onto it that's cool and like i have a few friends who read like that who are like you know you have to touch the cards otherwise your energy will not infuse into the deck and you know what there's some directors like that too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's awesome if that's how you feel yeah, and you feel good thing. in cool. that again fuck yeah do it yeah. i i am very Laser fair with it. So those are pretty. I know, aren't they amazing? God, Where I love this deck. The interwebs. Oh, I love the yeah. interwebs. They so. They, they got so everything nice. on there. They have everything. Well, what did you just get? Some. What? The From Amazon Amber? sent you like some thing that looked like a penis pump. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> Oh, the penis. Glad you brought that up. That's good. No, we get the the ads on Facebook for like Amazon, and it's like it's always some like random thing that like I don't know. I fall for it every time. Where it's like you're like, what the hell is that thing? And you click on it just to find out what the hell it is, and you're like, oh, it's like the drainage coupler for like a pool skimmer, a skimmer or something like that. But it looks like a pocket. Uh-huh. Vagina or something. Yeah, so, which is know. what it actually is. Yeah. See, you yeah. tried to make me feel bad about calling it a penis pump. <laughs> and then you call it a pocket vagina. So that's right. really not that much better. Everything's fine. Everything's yeah. acceptable. Yeah. There you go. So anyway, so um, what I like to do when I... <laughs> and again, this is my style. Um, for, for like a, a daily card pull, I will just pull, normally pull like one card from the top of the deck. And then I do one card from the bottom of the deck and I call it the what is hidden. And it's the underlying energy that is moving things forward Mm. and the reason why I like to do that is that you can get a really challenging card that Mm -hmm. is like kind of scary to look at but then the what is hidden card will be really positive Mm. and it creates this dimension to the reading where it's like oh this is a challenging situation that I'm looking at and yet it's for this really positive Mm. thing the the energy that is moving this forward is like something that is for a larger good within mm-hmm. my life. Hmm. And so again, removing non renew removing binary thinking of good or bad and allowing it to be okay. So something that I don't particularly prefer yet need, mm-hmm. I'm going to go through that knowing that there is this larger picture Mm -hmm. that I am going to experience something that's going to transform me, that's going to inform my larger um, thinking that Mm. will allow me to be better at X, Y, and Z, whatever it is, uh, life, you Mm -hmm. know? So, yeah. So I just randomly, I didn't have a question in my head when I shuffled these. Do you normally? Yeah. It's good to hold a question in your head as you shuffle because it, it's intention. It's mm-hmm. it's the organizing principle of the yeah. universe of, or it gets you, you know, on a mindset that you want to focus yeah. on. Probably exactly. Not it's, like tell me my life, <laughs> which you can, <laughs> like yeah. hold the tell me my life and like put out some cards and see what it tells you. Like there, there's nothing off the table hmm. with this, you know, and see what you get. And then, like, just examining the images and see what your eye is drawn to. So, like, you know, let's. if you look at these cards, you mm-hmm. have ten of cups. If you look at the imagery, like, what do you immediately feel? Like, what's invoked when you look at that? 
when you look at the Ten of Cups. And don't think too hard about it. Yeah, that's the hard part. Um, sorry, I'm in director mode. Like, well, I see. The, that's um, good. No, I'm drawn to the, the cups, the chalices. What about the cups? I don't draw? know. Like, where is there? Well, a, there was first a Monty Python thought. And then yeah, absolutely. Um, it's serene. I don't know. Yeah. There's something like a protection. Yeah. Like safety, I guess. Um, and this looks like a re happy peaceful moment there they don't seem to be afraid this is serene this is calm like it's just a calming yeah so ten of cups typically talks about um harmony hmm. joy okay it typically talks about uh relationships being the best within hmm. uh their parameters so like exactly you got it cool you know mm -hmm. and it's trusting what's coming up for you as you look at the images and the associations that come up because there is no right or wrong answer. Okay. You could have looked at that and been like, I see death and despair. And that would still be correct because for whatever reason, uh, cups had that association for you. Okay. You so know? that's significant kind of person to person. Basis. Exactly. And that's the point. Okay. That is the whole point is that every person is going to have their own personal associations. Mm -hmm. And then as you get more and more comfortable with, and, and like, and I know there's going to be some tarot readers like pulling their hair out when I say that, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Like it's your, curve in there too. it's your practice and there absolutely is. Mm -hmm. But also like it is more important for you to find the meaning that makes the most sense for mm -hmm. you. Because even though I could blow your mind with a really good reading, it still isn't as good as what you can do for yourself. Really? Absolutely. Cool. So, like, it's it's really about just trusting. Mm -hmm. Trusting. What you think matters. Mm -hmm. What you think is right mm -hmm. for you. And releasing this idea of, like, oh, I have to, like, it's good to learn the associations it's good to learn the traditions yeah. but these things are constantly evolving because we're constantly evolving That's and true. to have this idea of there's a static way in which mm -hmm. to read cards is how you make something irrelevant you know well and it takes the personality out of it too absolutely yeah because ben as an artist would see something completely can i push yeah. this toward him sure so you can see it because i know you would see something exceedingly different mm. Or should we do a different card? Should I do a different card? Do a different, if you want to. Give him sure. a different one. And yeah. Um, I guess let's give you this one. I'm just looking at the card the and just seeing what comes to mind. Yeah, just. Okay. What Like, what are you drawn to within the card? So, um, for those listening and not seeing the card, it is, it is the star card. Yep, the star. Um, light. Mm -hmm. uh, illumination. Mm hmm um balance mm. beauty mm -hmm. i guess grace yeah yeah those are all fantastic associations yeah the star tends to be hope and um the like after a long trial trial period i was the, just say strength the strength the yeah the hope, the beauty, the, the, that 
I love that you said light. It's like that inner guiding knowledge mm-hmm. that we all have. Mm-hmm. Um, that is our intuition. That is um, the knowing with a capital K. Like mm-hmm. we all have those prescient moments where we're like, you just know mm-hmm. yeah. when something is going to work out in a certain way. Yeah. And like for me, again, for me personally, the star really, um, I also, she makes me think of Bjork and I don't know why, but she does. Oh, <laughs> so I love oh, that. that. <laughs> I that always that. makes me think of Dance from the Dark and then I just get sad. I mm. refuse to watch I that watch movie because I know how it's sad that movie much. is. <laughs> but I think of Bjork, the artist who is just yeah. so... Just this particular deck. This is that. the moon child well, deck for anyone. She's also in um, a white outfit, so that might take you to her, <laughs> her swan her outfit. <laughs> so how would this ordinarily work, I guess? Like, so you you would basically draw from the deck, but you draw from the top and bottom, or I do, yeah, okay. yeah. So like, if I have a client uh, when they're talking to me, it's a whole lot of talking. Um, like, I let them mm-hmm. ex- like really talk through what's going on with them yeah and then i'll be shuffling as they talk because a lot of times it's like let's narrow down what this is actually about Mm -hmm. so oh i meant to say this see this is the problem with my stream of consciousness um it is just as like so the idea of like fortune telling Mm -hmm. is totally relevant too there are Mm. people who can do amazing fortune telling mm-hmm. I am not one of those people mm-hmm. you know I, and I'm not really interested in it mm-hmm. yeah. personally like if someone comes to me like if I have a client that comes to me and it's like I um my job is shit I hate it like w- what can I do like what 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 what's in the future for me to get out of this job uh that's a great starting point. So then I want to go a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. What do you hate about your job? Right. What's going on within that job? Why do you feel? And then they can say, you know, mm-hmm. I feel stifled. I, you know, I don't want to sit at a desk all the time. I'm, now I'm just like using myself. Yeah. I want to sit at a desk <laughs> all the time. Corporations are annoying. You know, like, um, I just, I feel like I'm worth more. I'm like, okay, cool. So what would it take? Like, what would it take to make you happy? Mm. You know, and start to look at that. So, like, let's start talking about, like, your present and not worry about the future. Because Mm. the future takes care of itself Mm -hmm. when you deal with the issue at hand, which is, I am unhappy. What does happiness look like to you? Um, If people come to me about, like, uh, relationships... 100% 100% of the time, if they're like, I can't find a partner, it's like, how do you feel about yourself? Mm. Do you like yourself? Mm. Normally they'll be like, yeah. Do you really mm. like yourself, yeah. right? What do you feel worthy to yeah. be in a relationship? Mm-hmm. Why do you feel that another person is going to bring you the happiness that only you have control yeah. over? You know, those really intense conversations, right? And so wow. while we're having that conversation, like, I don't actually need cards, by the way, to get yeah. to right. the, but they're great for focusing. Mm-hmm. So, and they're, you know, pretty. So people get to look at yeah. that and it yeah. helps also kind of <laughs> release the tension of like, my tarot reader is owning me right now, right? <laughs> 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 um, 
so. Oh, the cards are owning me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's more comfortable. She's, she's just a conduit for this whole thing. So, um, so while they're talking, then I'll draw out the cards, and that tends to focus the conversation. Mm-hmm. And then, like, just using the imagery to reinforce what I'd already been saying, basically. Mm-hmm. is how. That's why I said, like, normally with me, I... <laughs> Sometimes I get booked at events, and I'm always like, okay, <laughs> I will absolutely work your event. Yeah. No one's prepared for what's about to happen. <laughs> I actually did, like, this couples counseling at an event at the athletic club, and I didn't mean for it to go that way, but it went that way, and I had this intense couples counseling with these two people. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, but it was amazing because by the end, they, like, came in at odds, and by the end, we're, like, holding hands and, like... I was wow. Like, Fuck, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. It was absolutely but amazing. But again, just like you say, it's, it's what's already inside. It's already there. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All Everything in all of our lives is holding up a mirror to us, mm-hmm. showing us what we need to look at. So whenever we're feeling annoyed, angry, or upset at something outside of us, it's because there are things that we need to resolve within ourselves. And I'm usually hungry. And you're normally hungry. That is another inner thing that you have to resolve for yourself. Anger. Anger is a real thing. Anger is real. Um, So yeah. And like, cars especially will get you to go to those places. Should you allow yourself to go there. Yeah. That's true. That's probably a good caveat within there. It's like take what you want yeah always you don't have to do anything about it really exactly you could just know it but knowing information is usually then you can't pretend it's not mm-hmm. there yeah. yeah then you can't pretend like your actions are people are... really shocked though no never that's what i was gonna say never like... i always tell them what they already know mm-hmm. and that's just the nature of it mm-hmm. I, we all already know everything that is going on with ourselves mm-hmm. We all already know why that shit job is not going to work out or why this relationship isn't working out or why we can't escape the cycles and patterns of toxic whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, It's will we sit down with ourselves long enough to look at it, Mm. which is why uh, which is why I thought the pandemic was the most. Well very traumatizing one of the best things that ever happened to western society because suddenly all these incredibly busy people were forced to stop yeah slow down they just couldn't do anything they were just stuck with themselves just like my kids stuck with themselves and having to reconcile did i actually like the old normal yeah fuck no it sucked for 99 percent of us Yeah. yeah and suddenly we have to reconcile with that yeah and it was scary. And it was, yeah. yeah. I mean, not just what was happening, but inside, like, like, oh, yeah. what is my life? Yeah. And yeah. that is one of the most challenging questions. Mm-hmm. What is my Cause life? Because if things were tough before, then they seemed even yeah. worse to have to sit in with that. Yeah, because if you're already too, if you're able to distract yourself with busyness, mm-hmm. which, you know, most of us could, yeah, especially if you're a parent, especially, you know, um, if you're just going, 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 you don't have the luxury of stopping asking, do I actually want this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And then suddenly you're forced to stop, and then that question is just smacking you upside the head. Yeah. Do I actually want this? Mm-hmm. And then you have to go through feelings of worthiness. Do I get mm-hmm. to want something more? Yeah. Of course. 
Yeah. Absolutely you do. No one's going to give you permission. Right. You have to do that for yourself. That's interesting. Because yeah. I, I, we just had a conversation at our rehearsal last night when the, when the gals in the cast was saying, cause we did a very physical, fun exercise outside Schiller Park. Boy, we drew a crowd. It's going to be a good show. Um, <laughs> but she said, like, I haven't been that physical since since before the pandemic. Yeah. And she's like, I just sat within myself. And it started us all kind of thinking, like, what habits did we form? And I, for me, it was walking. Oh, Nice. And now I look at it, I've gotten myself back to busy. Because mm-hmm. I used to take the, I used to go on eight, mm. nine, ten mile walks with our dog. Wow. That's such a luxury, yeah. Yeah. And while I probably could find time to fit that in, maybe once in a while, I haven't. Right. I've gone back to, oh, ugh, schedule's filled up. Nah, can't do that, you know. Yeah, and then you look at, okay, so my schedule's filling up and so, but I know that if I do this, I feel centered. Mm-hmm. I feel more like myself. So it doesn't have to be eight, nine miles. Mm-hmm. What if I just do two? Yeah. You know? And that's, and that's more than enough. Yeah. Right. And that's what I've kind of started to discover is like, I yeah. didn't, well, one, I was listening to murder podcasts. So it wasn't like the most uplifting <laughs> walking time with the dog, but, right. yeah. but having that time not responsible for anybody. Yep. Yeah. And kind of found my way back to like physical work, physical, ex- just knowing that release. Yes feeling powerful exactly like, oh, you're like yeah. oh here's me uh-huh my real self yeah there i am yeah absolutely and it's just strange how quickly <laughs> but now so you're tell us about the event with jesse oh kind yeah of give us a layout of what what to expect yeah, so I'm really excited is about this tarot event. and cocktails? Is that what he's calling tarot it? Tarot and cocktails. That was, um, so again, because I was a bartender for so mm-hmm. long, I was like, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. There's, n- <laughs> again, now, like, there will be some tarot readers, like, tearing their hair out. Like, no inebriation, no altered states. I love reading tarot when I'm drunk because mm-hmm. I already don't have the filter in, like, regular <laughs> yeah. life. And, like, a couple drinks and I'm like, let's just get into it, yeah. you know? Like, there you go. Um, and I find that especially uh, for people who are like, like my mother, who are very studious, like students for their all their lives, who are like, mm-hmm, yes, okay, so, so step what? One. Yes, yeah, step one. Uh, what does the fool mean, right? <laughs> Alcohol helps take that down a notch, and and I want people to feel really comfortable with the free flow of this. So. Uh, it's going to be at the jury room, which oh. is a place that is near and dear to my heart. Yes. Same. Yeah. That's where we would go after every show that I did downtown. I probably served you I'm at sure a certain you did. point because I used to work there. Yeah. And I worked with Catco and we came after every production. Yes. Okay. So, and that's where my best friend, Zach, uh, I met him there and like, he's my maid of honor and like, like a big chunk of my friend group I met at the jury room. So like that place is very near and yeah. dear to my heart. And Megan Dempsey has done an amazing job with that building. And she's are they really opening supportive. Back up to public or are they still doing just like She's events? still doing events right okay. now. Yeah. Um, which, Hey, which means I get to do this. So, right. um, is that the jury room? Uh, the way we're going to do. So, um, it is, inc- uh, the tickets, uh, include a welcome cocktail. So you get a delicious craft cocktail. Made by Jesse. So Made by Jesse. So it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're all, of course, tarot themed. And I gave him profiles. Like, I, mm. so I chose the names and I gave him, like, 
profiles for him to like like if mm-hmm. he wants to do it like here's what I'm thinking yeah um I'm gonna do like maybe a half hour lecture of like not really the history of tarot but like uh, like the foundations mm-hmm. um like the major arcana versus the minor arcana talk about the fool's journey which is um what they call the major arcana all the different all the cards um kind of have a story behind them that's mm-hmm. the fool's journey that is just the nature of of what it is to be human mm-hmm. it's life all the trials tribulations uh all the triumphs all the the journey mm-hmm. the cyclical nature of it um and then go briefly through the minor arcana the suits the elements tied to the suits um and just kind of just basically a a brief overview um to create that foundation and then i'm basically gonna let have people just start reading Hmm. um whether for themselves or with their friends Mm -hmm. and just start diving in um and then i'll be walking around and like should people need help i'll be more than happy to offer help but i really want people to just feel into the i've got this Mm. um feeling of it because everyone does Mm. like i was able to show you guys a card and you were able to look at the image and get exactly in the right ballpark with those images knowing absolutely nothing Mm. about tarot because you don't have to know yeah. anything, you know, and just really trust that. So because it's not an A B C D type thing. Anyway, heck no. So. Right. Yeah, which is why it's awesome. Yeah. You know? And it makes you artistic feeling and visual and creative. And yes, it absolutely engages in that that part of the brain and that part of the experience mm-hmm. where, um, you know, we we are such a mind oriented society where. Um, logic and rationality rule Mm -hmm. and there is a place for that Mm -hmm. however I I personally feel that there's a little bit too much emphasis on that and not enough on um, the the creative sector the the you know the non-linear way of engaging with the world Mm -hmm. where it's more like going in circles and Mm -hmm going down random rabbit holes and like finding weird associations and just seeing where it leads you and not like like I like to call it holding the question without and then not worrying about an answer like the answer is not the point the point Mm -hmm. is to hold a question and see where it's going to take you yeah and that's far more interesting and illuminating than just getting an answer that's right it's a yes and it's a yes and yeah 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 Cool. This is awesome. <laughs> so okay, so we looked at the cards, but but that wasn't an actual reading. I mean, technically. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Well, you look uh, at the, well, Do you want me to do a reading? Sure. For you guys. Okay. Sure. Well, uh, is that do okay? A, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Everything's okay. Are you kidding okay. me? All, All right. right. Uh, is there a specific topic that you want to? I would like because we're here and doing this thing because yeah. we just jumped on this. Ben and I have been great friends for. I mean, since high school. Yeah. But now we've partnered. Mm-hmm. We have seen lots of nudges, mm. and I feel in my heart that mm. this is mm. truly the right thing to do, but it's still scary. 
Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and just... The there's business venture thing. The yeah. business venture. There's so many questions and conversations and thoughts and wishes and hopes and... Mm. I guess, I don't know what the exact question behind that is, but... Yeah. Are you talking about, like, just the future of Boxland Media, yeah. or... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so... Well, I'd be pretty embarrassed for you. It's like, oh, it's bad news, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and, like... Okay, so I want to actually let's probably more specific. Let's, but like I want to look at that because all right, so you've had synchronicities, so a series of um, meaningful moments for you that we were like, oh, this is right. Mm. We need a to lot, do this. actually. Yeah, mm. a lot. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. several years. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. just a trust and, and a balance in. Yeah working together and being honest and learning how to set boundaries and be responsible and yeah, yeah. talk money with a friend which is yeah. not ever a comfortable thing to do but yeah. it's not yeah and so your fear is I think it's the general human fear of, of starting something new yeah. and it, will it work yeah. right and like or am I doing enough are we doing are we getting out is mm. it are we going too slow or yeah. is it just kind of the fears of business, because this is n- mm-hmm. not new for you per se, but the partnering yeah. and working with other people is a little bit new. I mean, it is and it isn't. I mean, it's yeah. always a different situation. You right. know, it's, you adapt as it comes, mm-hmm. but you know, but yeah, I mean. So what is the thing. worst case scenario? I mean, dysentery. <laughs> that that would be a a worst case. I always, go, I always go to Oregon Trail diseases first. Um, I failure. Failure. Yeah. Yeah. That failure. this all goes up in flames. And it was yeah. a bad decision. Yeah. yeah. And then what? Right. Yeah. And like, sh- what would happen to you guys? Should that be the case? Mm. Like, I'm honestly asking that. What would happen yeah. to you guys? Should that be the case? Well. Would you survive it? Yeah. Did you just move on and try something else? Mm-hmm. Would you yeah. have learned a lot? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't have been a waste of time. Yeah. It would have been an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even the bad parts showed you something huge. Yeah. And more importantly, you took a, the chance and you were bold and you decided, like, I get to trust myself. Yeah. And I'm moving forward on this. Mm-hmm. So, like... There's no point in holding on to worry when success has been slamming itself against your walls, you know? Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, almost scary how quickly things have happened. Yeah. 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 Not on the timeline that we put, but on the timeline. It's never, ever on your timeline because our minds limit us, but our larger experience call it your energy and call it the the energetic field our subconscious sees far more than what our conscious minds are allowing yeah and you're both following your intuition Mm -hmm. which is far more keyed into a bigger picture that your mind is not aware of so the worry is your mind the knowing with the capital k and all the success that you're seeing is your larger intuition that is timeless Mm -hmm. seeing what's going on and saying 
enough. Just do the thing. And you are. Yeah. So I will do this reading for you, but it's not necessary. Because hmm. <laughs> you enough. already know what's yeah. going okay. on. Yeah. Okay. Should we pick a different topic? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, it, it's going to be. <laughs> what are we not certain about? Stop it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so with that, so let's just, let's look at, talk to me. Uh, I like to talk to my cards. Talk to me about Boxland Media. How many are there? There are 78 cards in a regular tarot deck. Okay. And there are oracle decks, and oracle decks are um, much more organic and free-flowing. Like, it's up to the artist how many cards. But if you have a tarot deck, um, you have the major minor arcana, and you have the four suits and okay. all that. Yeah, it's more structured. This is awesome. It's the, it's the death card. <laughs> <laughs> death card is one of my favorite cards. It's actually it's, positive, isn't it? Um, it's, I see it that way, but it can be a harsh positive where um. it's, where it's it's about transformation. Uh -huh. It's the things that are no longer serving you falling away, mm -hmm. so that the things that work for you, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so this particular deck has extra cards added to it. I just said that it's like far more structured, yeah. but this one, this tarot deck has a few extra okay. cards, and um, <laughs> one of those extra cards came out, and that is hilarious to me. Okay, so the way I read. Uh, I pull four cards from the top, one from the bottom. Mm -hmm. uh, the last card I, I pull, which I put askew here, is what I call the overall message of mm -hmm. the reading. Okay, so uh, for those who have no no way of seeing these cards, <laughs> we have two of pentacles on the left, shadow work in the middle, the justice card on the right, my what is hidden, which is a card that I draw from underneath the deck, is the Queen of Swords. And then the final card, which I draw from the top of the deck, again, is the King of Swords. Um, and sometimes I read left to right, mm -hmm. and sometimes to the middle card, the middle top card, is like an anchor card that in everything else is informing. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel about this reading, because <clears throat> shadow work... Uh, so I briefly mentioned how in spirituality all roads lead to Carl Jung and Carl Jung is the uh, one of the fathers of modern psychotherapy mm. and he created uh, the terms archetypes mm. which tarot is just a deck of archetypes mm. right um, he also came up with the term shadow and shadow work mm -hmm. and like I had said before the shadow is the um, stuff that we tend to suppress within ourselves because of shame, fear, mm -hmm. and cultural um, conditioning. Mm. Shadow work is looking at those things in the face and in um, integrating them, allowing the gifts that they bring mm. to come into your system so that they are no longer scary, fearful, terrible things, but you mm. actually understand their place within the larger mm. spectrum of who you are. Mm. Okay, it is, it is a, some, <laughs> it can be a harrowing thing mm -hmm. to do shadow work mm -hmm. because depending on how much you're suppressing, mm. it is, 
it is an emotional death to do it mm. because you are releasing a whole lot of old ideas and identities that we tend to hold very dear. Mm. What is interesting to me as an anchor card is that this whole experience of creating this business has been shadow work for you guys. As you look at all of the fears and the inadequacies that you perceive of yourself, it's coming up and you're having to face them. And you're having to look them in the eye and say, I'm not, I'm not gonna listen to you anymore. I'm gonna move forward anyway. And that is quite, I mean, it's courageous, it's amazing, um, and it is ego-shattering. And that, again, these old structures that you held for yourself are now crumbling. Mm. For you, your shadow work is amazing in that you're seeing so much success right off the bat. You're getting this amazing feedback um, that's going to help you continue to move forward with it. And that's really cool. So you have two of pentacles um, on, on the one side, which is awesome. Um, I see two. So pentacles are, um, they represent like material. Mm. It can mm. be wealth. It can be money. But it could also just be like the state of your, your like physicality. It's, okay. it's the earth mm. element, you know. Mm -hmm. um, twos are partnership. <laughs> There, um, uh, I see this. So I love this because you have the moth and uh, this particular deck. Again, this is the Moonchild deck, and every deck has its own imagery. Um, there's a moth with two women um, kind of dancing around it, hmm. and I definitely see it's this this beautiful transformative energy. That is, and then you have the two coins next to it. So, like the transformation that is bringing in abundance, because abundance is, it's a force that is always around, always there, and it always exists in us. We just shut ourselves off to it. It's kind of like electricity, right? Mm. It's always going, mm -hmm. but you can turn the switch off and shut it off, but that doesn't make the electricity go away. That just right. means you shut that down, the circuit breaker, right? Like, and then when you switch it on, it just flows and continuously. This is why I keep waking up at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> the light yeah, switch actually, on. Yeah, I can't yes, shut it down. that is amazing. So you're in this deep, you're in this deep state of receiving, mm -hmm. and. Um, honor that write those ideas down because uh, there's eventually going to be a point where that it goes away because we all have cycles <laughs> yeah we all have our cycles right so the the intense shadow work that you are experiencing of doing this business is keying you into the natural abundance that always exists mm -hmm. and it's through the the saying yes and it's through the death process of Releasing the old idea of yourself mm -hmm. when you decided, I don't want to do this anymore with your old business. And you're like, I know I can do something better for myself. That was the death of the old structures, the old safety, which wasn't actually safe. The, that's just a, an, an illusion that we buy into. Mm -hmm. like, it always makes me laugh when I hear my coworkers talk about like, well, you know, 
this company is safe. It's like, no, it's not. It could go under at any moment. Come on. Like, 2008, did we already forget that? Like, yeah. any yeah. too big to fail, it, there is no actual safety. Right. So why are you staying miserable? You guys said no to that, which is amazing. So then it leads into justice. Justice is balance. It's balancing of the scales. It can be the, the how we normally think of justice, but it's normally more of, like, it's more about the internal space mm-hmm. of um, n- knowing when, knowing your own personal cycles, mm-hmm. understanding what you need for yourselves in order to continue to um, move forward mm-hmm. so you're not burning yourself out. So you're not getting so perpetually busy that you don't take your walks, right? Mm -hmm. That you don't allow busyness and the the external stressors to push you out of the focus, the flow state. Mm -hmm. Like you guys are in flow state right now as you continue to see these incredible successes. Mm -hmm. But eventually that's going to slow down a bit as all things Mm -hmm. do. And so it's honoring that when it slows down, oh, that I can take a break. This is time for me to rest. This is time for me to recharge. And something new is going to come up. And I don't have to slide into entropy. I can move forward and do something even better when Mm -hmm. things, you know. But it's allowing, it's knowing where you're at and allowing it to be exactly what it is without trying to force it, without trying to, like... And it's really important to keep that in your mind so that when it does start to slow down, when those ideas do start to dry up, when maybe the classes aren't doing as well as they used to, don't freak out. This is an opportunity. Mm. You know, this is an opportunity to do something even better. Mm. And you needed needed the time to, like, chill Mm. and breathe, okay? Mm. You know how great I am at that. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta, you gotta. Otherwise, <laughs> it's gonna it. kick you in the ass. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what is hidden? Queen of Swords. Queen of Swords is like. Did you ever watch a Devil Wears Prada? No. Okay. I actually, never saw it. I haven't seen it all the way through, but like the Meryl Streep character, who's apparently like fierce and like mm. I've seen clips of it. Yeah. But like as an archetype, she is like fierce. She knows what she's about. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of see the Queen of Swords that way, where it's like this like this person who has clarity of vision who is suffers no fools Mm. will cut out any extraneous nonsense that is not going to work um in order for the things that do work to come in to flourish right Mm. um it's it's about being compassionate but not being a sucker Mm. right experience some of that yeah (laughs) yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Um, swords are very, um, they're the air. It's about the mind. Um, they tend to have the most challenging cards because the mind is challenging because mm-hmm. that's where we tend to trap ourselves. Mm-hmm. But like the Queen of Swords, as an archetype, has transcended all of that and knows how to wield her sword, mm-hmm. knows how to wield her intellect to get what needs to be done. And then you have King of Swords uh, as overall, and it's the same deal, uh, but it's the masculine version of action. And um, 
knowing knowing your domain essentially knowing what you're about knowing what's going to work what's not going to work um, and it's again that clarity of vision it's that um, yeah I see it as r like rising to the top I guess is what I'm hearing like it's like the top of your game mm -hmm. whatever that game happens to be uh, whatever you want it to be that's the overall message of like what Boxland Media can be should you remember to honor your cycles and all of that good stuff right so that's interesting I like yeah. that yeah. that's good I like that that yeah. sounds Thank good. You. you are welcome. <laughs> 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 that's wonderful. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> no, that's super cool. Uh, so the the event um, we can find on St. Russell Productions. Yeah. Uh, com. Yeah. Uh, it's all over the socials. Under Jesse. Under St. Russell Productions. Correct. Under, under Eventbrite. If you just yep. wanted to go to Eventbrite for Columbus. At the jury room. What's yep. the date on that again? It's going to be July 25th. It's okay. $50. Okay. So $50. So it's, and again, that's for the class and a welcome cocktail. And then you can buy more cocktails. In fact, I'm going to have um, some of my old tarot decks that I'm going to be raffling off. Oh, cool. Yeah, because awesome. I have too many and I'm willing to part with them. So, and it's like for every drink that you buy, you get a, t a raffle ticket. Nice. For, and they're pretty cool. They're oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Very cool. It's going to be a lot of fun. So very I'm really cool. hoping that it's it's gonna it's not gonna be very big, so we're expecting yeah. to sell out. Um, likely, very because jury room's a small venue, mm -hmm. but like, yeah, yeah we're hoping. For so the, the first of many, more than likely. I would love that. I yeah. would love yeah. for there to be a huge turnout, and then we can like expand it past just basics mm -hmm. and like start to dive into like the fool's journey or dive yeah. into yeah. like. Yeah, I think yes. it would be a lot of fun. Oh, thank you. Thank this you. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to Speak Easily. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm so great at saying goodbye. Yeah. The outros are just the like. The outros are. We've gotten royalty. worse, not better. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.